Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. Have you ever felt misunderstood? Like, people are making you this uh, puzzle piece, this geometry, chemistry class, and you're like, um, I don't see me in that way, I don't know, or... I am complex, but it's a little bit more simplistic than that. I literally found myself describing myself the other day as a simplistic complexity. I'm really simple. Like there's, I'm black, white, there's no gray with me. I'm yes, no, there is no or, or maybe. I, I am what I am. It's left or it's right. It's never in the middle. Like how you just, yeah, those are the options, right? I'm emotional or I'm logical. It's just that's what it is. But in order to really grasp how I think and how I feel and all of that, you have to really have a relationship with me. I'm not, I am obvious, but I'm a mystery. I kind of uh, have just accepted the fact that it, until you are in close proximity with me, you will never truly understand me. And for the first time in my life, I'm okay with that. I truly am. Uh, I have boundaries and standards, and I am it is I'm finite in certain areas, but then in certain areas, I'm extremely spontaneous. There's a lot of things that I will do, and it's a bunch more that I won't do. I understood uh, even down to my personality. I thought I was a true introvert. Um, turns out I'm an ambivert. I, I don't know what that means. It sounds too close to um. Bambi but uh what it truly means is that I'm just a mixture of the two both I've, I have I am an introvert to my core but I have extrovert capabilities because I'm personable I like to talk to people I like to go out but I need all that in snippets right because the true way that I recharge is alone I need my own space I need to have my own area to think I am a thinker I am a simplistic complexity and I found myself describing myself, and I stopped. And I said, you know what? I don't know if it comes with age. I'm not even sure if it has to do all the way with experience. But I realized that the fountain of youth, pot of gold, however you would like to term it and coin it, comes from the fact that you see what's different about you and you no longer see something wrong with that. Like, I literally had people tell me all my life, you're too sensitive. I, I've had that said to me literally at the workplace. I've had that said to me in prior relationships. I've had that said to me from my childhood and my upbringing. I've had that said to me so many different times. But what I realized was now being on the other side of feeling like something's wrong with that that I had to try to change that. And I wanted to be more harsh. And so it turned me cold-hearted for a little bit because, you know, if I don't care, then I don't feel. And if I don't feel, then I'm not sensitive, right? And so I tried to go ahead and put a shade on the very light that God gave me. I realized that if not due to my sensitivity, then the way that I have been used in the spirit, God couldn't use me. And then it dawned on me. I said, this is something that has been happening since the garden, literally. 
And I wanted to take you on that journey with me with the whole purpose being, please see yourself different. Is the total totality, okay, the summarization of this conversation. Genesis 3, you know I read in what version? The NLT. Good job, grandbaby. Genesis 3, NLT, it's all rhyming. <laughs> Flow with me. Oh, listen, don't let me drop. The, I'm a freestyling grandbaby. Don't make me do it. Uh, don't do it. So verse 1, I want to start at. Let's just jump right into it. So the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals to the Lord God had made. Let's do that again. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Two, of course we may eat from the fruit in the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. Four, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. Five, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. Five or six, the woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Seven. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Eight. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. <laughs> Nine. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Ten, he replied. I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Eleven, who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? I want to stop there. But I want to go ahead and jump all the way down to verse number 20. Then the man, Adam, named his wife Eve because she would be the mother of all who live. 21. And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. 22. Then the Lord God said, Look, the human beings have become like us knowing both good and evil. What if they reach out, take fruit from the tree of life and eat it? Then they will live forever. 23. So the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden, and he set, sent Adam out to cultivate the ground from which he had been made. Pause. Let me tell you something about the enemy. He told, a, he told the truth. I don't think we ever really noticed that. He told the truth. Verse 4 says that the enemy is saying to Eve, you won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. 
God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. And then when you go all the way down to verse 22, he God literally says, then the Lord God said, look, the human beings have become like us, knowing both good and evil. So the enemy didn't tell he didn't lie in that regard. It, it was partial because they did die. They had a spiritual death because God was like, yo, if y'all eat from an, the other tree, <laughs> y'all going to live forever. So the only way to kill you is to banish you from the very place that God originally had for you. Hmm. So the enemy knew if you eat this, you're going to know both good and evil. But what he didn't tell her is that once you eat this particular fruit that God told you not to eat from you're not only going to experience a different life you're going to see things different and it's going to include seeding yourself different because literally wanting to be like God to see exactly how God sees I see that as a form of admiration that Eve had that she was like really I get to be just like my dad <laughs> I don't just got to pretend and play like I could really I she broke a rule to be like someone she admired, which is in and of itself not terrible, but it was the part that she lied and she wasn't accountable when God asked her. But here was the thing. Verse 7, at the moment their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. That's the thing about doing something that God told you not to do. What comes with removing the covering that God had over you is that you see yourself different. Before the enemy came and was in his serpent-like style, and was really, you know, the shrewdest of them all. He was a great salesperson, so he was able to tell the truth, but he didn't tell her all that came with that. Yeah, this is a beautiful car. You can go ahead, blah, blah, blah. But you don't realize until a couple of miles in, what's that clicking sound? What's that smell? How come that's smoking in the back? Oh, no, he told you the truth. You can get this car for this price. That is the Kelly Blue Book price. However, he didn't tell you all the different mechanics that's going to break down um, on your behalf when, once you get this. To eat a fruit, to see both good and evil, would you have eaten that fruit if you know that you were going to see yourself different? You did not know shame until you stepped out of God's covering. And once you stepped out of God's covering, you then had to go ahead and piece some things together to try to cover yourself. And even in your immature way, and your inability to cover yourself, God still had to come behind them and say, them fig leaves is not going to do it. Let me make some clothing for you from animal skin. Even in the disobedience, God was still trying to cover them properly. But in that, they could no longer be in the presence of God. What made Eve and Adam look at each other and only cover the parts of them that were different. Why didn't they cover their hair, their arms, their feet? Their, what, what happened in that transaction that Eve looked at Adam and said, you're flat up there, but I protrude in my torso. I'm ashamed at the fact that we're different in that way. 
So you have something that's coming, uh, poking out, rather, uh, at, below the torso. But I don't have a, mine doesn't do that. I'm ashamed that I'm different from you. Looking at yourself and wanting to hide the parts of you that are is different is something that we have been struggling with since the garden. I want us to reclaim our power back. I want us to look at us and truly be okay with I'm not like you and that's still okay. I may not process things the way that you process things. I may not feel stirred up about things the way that you are I may not get inspired it doesn't make me wrong if we're all made in the image of God then that means that I have a different image and I have a different wiring than you but I'm still a child of God so it can't be wrong (laughs) if it's in within moral reasoning and and it's not being harmful to my lifestyle or somebody else's because I don't believe that God would have gave you a wiring that is alternate and plays alternate to your anointing what would be the 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 gall or the reasoning to give you something that works against you but is it working against you because you've seen it different what family member said that thing about you way way in your young days that you are still trying to cover and and feel some slight shame to to this day. Maybe they looked at you and called you arrogant. But what they didn't realize is that you had a confidence that they've never seen from a very young age. So it was weird to them. So it was, you know what, I'm going to mislabel this so that for the rest of your life, this enemy planted that seed that you've been trying to cover up. And God is like, no, no, no. I gave you confidence from a very young age because your calling requires it. (laughs) Yeah, like when David was in the, the, the field and he was the shepherd, the only reason why Buddy was confident enough to say, I can go ahead and slay a giant, because he said, when I was in the shepherd field, uh, I did some things to some lions and some tigers and some bears, and oh my, that the average person wouldn't be able to do it. I was able to do it with my bare hands, bro. I was able to get a club and do some stuff that it was like, if you don't give me back my sheep, I'm going to open up your mouth, take my sheep back, and I'm going to club you to death. Like, I was able to do some things with my bare hands that I see that the army that is with Saul couldn't do with armor and so what does the enemy try to do from very early on what did David's brother say right before he went ahead and tried to fight Goliath where's your little sheep (laughs) why are you here anything to belittle you and to make you see you different Mm. yeah we're not doing that no more (laughs) I call for uncovered anointing I call for an uncovered blessing I call for the thing that makes you go back to your manufacturer default I call for the things that you see that's different about you and you do a shrug shoulder ministry CEO if you will and you say well if God wanted it to be different he would have made me different but for whatever the reason I'm riled up about this for whatever the reason I'm passionate about this for whatever the reason that doesn't interest me for whatever the reason I know that y'all like to go there but it doesn't it doesn't entertain me for whatever the reason which you call fulfillment I call stay stagnation for whatever the reason I can't stay in the boat I gotta walk with Jesus for whatever the reason I know that everybody else is not looking to have a baby but I would like one Hannah for whatever the reason I want to go ahead and just do something different than everybody else and I embrace the fact that I am different I am different I am built different 
for a different cause, for a different problem to be solved in the earth. I had a different birthday. And even if you had the same birthday as me, you don't have the same swag as me. If you have the same swag as me, you don't have my imprint. If you have my imprint, you don't have my personality. But if you have my personality, you definitely don't have my purpose. There's something on my life that got me different. And what I'm not no longer going to do is make that different uh, work against me like it's a defect. Oh, no, we're not doing that no more. <laughs> Let me explain something to you. I literally went down the line on things that people told me was wrong with me, right, from their earthly vision and stance and perspective in my life and seeing how God used that very thing to be a part of my anointing for the promise that he has for me. I was told from a very young age, you talk too much. I want you to sit down somewhere and just shut up. <laughs> you always want to talk. I always wanted to talk to somebody that was in the house. I always wanted to be on the phone talking to my friends. I always wanted to talk. And, and that seed, I didn't realize, was, was actually trying to compete with my anointing. Because I'm an encourager in the name of Jesus, that my words encourage people, that I can speak to someone to and fro and never have met you. But God will use my words to go ahead and uplift things out of you that you didn't know was dead in you. You thought it was dead. It was actually dormant. <laughs> you thought you thought that nobody was able to see that part of you. But God gave me the vision to see that. So the very thing that somebody tried to shut up in me, mm -mm, I understood the assignment now. Now I understand the attack. If I shut up my mouth, then it shuts up in you and nobody gets to be broken free I can't afford that so now for now on when it comes to my words in my mouth if you don't want to hear me I need you to go ahead and, and take that anointing somewhere else but what I'm gonna do is exercise my anointing to the full capacity and I'm gonna speak I'm gonna speak in mics I'm gonna speak in spirits I'm gonna speak to people brokenness I'm gonna heal people I'm gonna do some things and it's all gonna come from my words so guess what yeah I do talk too much because I'm doing it for the kingdom do you understand do you understand had people in relationships, both intimate and friendships, tell me at one point or another, you too sensitive. Why do you care? Why do you care about that? Why do you care that I'm disrespecting you on social media? Why do you care that I'm disrespecting me, in my opinion, is when you in a relationship with someone, and again, it may not go ahead and affect anyone else, but it affects me. But there is no such thing as you liking other pictures of other females and you with one female. I'm sorry. And so for a while, I tried to go ahead and I tried to bury that in my soil. And God was like, uh-uh, every time you try to bury something that is not what I originally had for you, I'm going to make it that it just, it won't take. It's going to keep erupting. And you're going to be like, how come I can't bury this? Because you were never supposed to. And then here I am down the line with a husband who he's like, I don't play that social media game. I'm never going to disrespect you. So imagine if I tried to make it where that doesn't bother me that you having conversations with people under their pics. <laughs> that doesn't bother me that you liking all the half naked people. That doesn't bother me that you take pictures with people that if I didn't know no better, I would have thought that you were with her. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. And I would have been stuck somewhere trying to continue to bury something that God never meant for me to bury. No, you're not going to have me bury something that's important to me because what you're not going to do is make my soul a gravesite. I'm not doing it. And there is something powerful about standing up for the very thing that you like. Listen, I understand that it may not bother some people, but if it bothers me, then it's important enough for me to make it a boundary and a standard. And if my boundary and my standard is too much for you, then that means that ultimately I'm just not for you. I had people tell me I requested too much of them because very much like a business, I don't believe it's a no call, no show. I don't believe in not speaking to the person you're with.
I'm confused. This is day number what? <laughs> Buddy, I'm sorry. Not the world that we live in. We got text, email, instant message, whatever social media platform you want, smoke signal, you can come over. It's too many different ways for you not to contact me at all. Yeah, I don't, that, that's not okay. But guess what? I ran into a supervisor, older woman of mine, and she was like, I don't really like talking to somebody every day. They can, like, listen, you come over on Saturday, I can see you next week, and it's nothing. I spoke to somebody else, and she was like, that don't bother me. People have lies. It's nothing. So I've realized that, listen, why do I want to contort myself to be your particular sip of tea when there's other people who will fulfill you in their different beverages why would I try to make hot tea cold when there's a such thing as iced coffee iced tea like why would I try to make myself something and become your sip of tea when God made a personalized sipper just for me why would I do that why would I stay at a job that y'all cool was staying at this particular salary <laughs> uh for retirement purposes, you for for you know stability. You know, I you've been there for twenty years. You've been there for nineteen years, and you know what? The perk to you is that you like the work schedule and you like the commute, so you stayed. But where you stay comfortably, if I have to stay there with irritation, then that means that I'm occupying somebody else's seat because it's not for me. Why would I want to occupy somebody else's blessings? That that's selfish. If I cannot properly sit. In truth, in my seat of whatever arena of my life, with true fulfillment, then that means that I'm in somebody else's seat. And I don't ever want to jog in anyone else's lane with somebody else's shoe and then wonder why I didn't win. Because it wasn't set up for you to win. That's somebody else's win. When I started getting real keen in the dating scene before I got married, I started... I didn't get sad anymore that something didn't work out with such and such. Man, I saw potential in that. You know what I thought? I kind of thought because he was better than the last and da-da-da. And what I started saying to myself was, this is somebody else's blessing. Somebody else is going to love the fact that you gift them with tangible items all the time. That's not me. The biggest gift that you can give me in my love language went ahead and revealed that I love quality time. I want you to taking time out of your day to spend with me, to talk to me, to anything that looks like you set aside something for me and it has to do with your time is premium love language. So where you sent me flowers, I would have much rather you picked up your phone or took me on a date and just had it where we were just in each other's presence. That means more to me. And so whatever this dollar amount was for these flowers, um, and I'm not even saying expensive, you could have took me to the special something, anything. But as long as we were there and we had a good time, my tank would have been filled in the love department. So what I started saying when I started seeing that my request wasn't being fulfilled, that my request was too much for someone to fulfill, that would look like a skip and a jump for me, in my opinion, actually felt like um, climbing the Rocky Mountains for other people. I just silently and respectfully let them know you're somebody else's blessing. You're somebody else's blessing. And with that mindset, it propelled me <laughs> expeditiously to my husband where I had to actually undo the idea that I'm going to say something and he's not going to be able to meet it. It was like, oh, oh, oh well, I'm, he's not a talker, but he makes the time for me. Yeah, he likes to go places. He don't. What, what do you mean? I see you this weekend and I can't see you. 
that I see you a week later. No. So what I found to be, uh, uh-uh, I don't like that. He was like me either. I was like, really? You do? Like, it was super exciting. It was like, oh my gosh, for so long, I, I was trying to wear flats um, in other relationships when I knew that I just wanted to throw on a heel real quick once in the blue. And now I'm with somebody that is like, you can wear whatever you want because you're with me. Like literally and figuratively. I was attracted to tall men. People tried to make me feel like something was wrong with that. Not even knowing that the anointing on my life was my husband is ultimately, he's tall. So, no, you're not going to make me feel like, well, give sure people a chance. If that was my cup of tea, God would have let me be that type of sip. I, I, that's not me. I'm not that sipper, okay? I literally want us to go through whatever, whatever you're struggling with. I almost guarantee that it's because someone else said something to you that contradicts what you truly feel and know about yourself. Yo, I promise you, you are so accepted in the areas and arenas that God called you to. You are so fulfilling to the person that God wants you to be with. You are so, you are E all the above for the test taker that studied for you. Do you understand that? So what is my challenge to you? What could it possibly be, you say? I'm so glad you asked. We going to pray. Um, You're going to be uncovered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are not going to make decisions that may have been out of God and then adapt a lens about ourselves that's definitely not of God. Who told you you were naked? I'm sorry? And then that nakedness made you hide from God. I'm sorry. And that relationship issues started from the garden because you looked at your husband and you were like, oh, I'm ashamed that I'm not like you. I'm ashamed that you're not like me. I'm ashamed that I'm different. Um, but what you don't realize is that the Bible said the two becomes what? The two becomes what? One. No, it's not that two ones became together and made two. The two halves became a whole. So it's almost guaranteed that you're going to be different from me, right? Um, That you're going to have a different setup than me, a different wiring than me, a different lens than me. But that difference, when we come together, it actually makes us whole because you see things that I don't. You feel things that I don't. You're passionate about things that I may not necessarily be, but because we're different, doesn't mean that we can't journey together how do we go ahead and put this these differences together where they actually complement one another no I don't want you to um like to murder people but then I want to uh go ahead and save souls that's too different they don't work in conjunction with one another but if you're riled up to be in crowds and that's not my thing, then can we do it in snippets where you get filled and I'm also respected and filled and together we ha- we walk away from that one particular outing as that was a good time. Not that we overstayed because you like being in crowds and not that we left as soon as we got there because you don't like being in crowds, but we stayed at an agreed upon time and we both walked away like that was awesome and we both feel good on our way back home. Find the differences embrace the differences and don't you dare try to make it seem like it's a defect in any regard you are not naked you were you were made in the image of God you are different 
but that's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, I am sensitive, but it's a part of my anointing and the wiring that God made. If I could have chose any anointing, it wouldn't have been uh, to be sensitive. But guess what? I'm also sensitive to the spiritual realm. I'm also sensitive to the emotional capacity and the, uh, the, the air in a room. God can single-handedly have me walk in a room and go to someone, and I can feel exactly what they're feeling because I'm sensitive to what's going on in somebody else's soul. So God has used me umpteen times to go ahead and speak into a person that I don't know because I'm sensitive to their soul. I can't afford to try to make myself less sensitive because that's not what God called me to be. And so everything that anyone has ever said to you that is contrary to what you know about yourself and you know how you know what's contrary to yourself because you tried to change that and it didn't work and it didn't it wasn't uncomfortable they told you that nice guys finish last so you try to become the hard rock and you're like this outfit is so not me but if this is what it's going to take for me to win according to the what the world says then I'll try to wear it and what you don't realize is that you look ridiculous to the spiritual realm because God did not clothe you in fig leaves so not even the fact that you're trying to cover yourself. God is like, you ain't even do that right. <laughs> even the fact that you try to change yourself, you ain't even doing that right. So would you want to be covered <laughs> and um, you know, just different and, and according to the world standards? Or do you want to be naked the way that God made you? The way that God made you. Who told you you were naked? Who told you that? Who spoke that thing to you? You too, you, you, you too, you too girly girl. You need to be, you too pretty. You, you too, somebody told you that you were too much of something that God said is just enough. Yeah, we're going to bind that in the name of Jesus. We're done. As of today and moving forward, you are going to live an uncovered life. If it's too much to someone we're going to go ahead and rebuke the word that they said and pray that it falls on dead soil. It's a dead seed. And what we're going to go ahead and say, mm, so you wanted iced coffee. You know, that's on somebody else's menu, right? It's not on mine. So either you can leave the restaurant of my life or I can go ahead and dismiss you and ask you to leave. But what we're not going to do is be frustrated because we don't serve one another. You see what I'm saying? All right, listen, um, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Okay, great. I said that in one breath because I'm dope. <laughs> okay. But listen, I have a nail appointment. If you saw my nails, mm-mm. Mm -mm. It's just, it's not the grandbaby I'm trying. This is not elite grandbaby. And I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not representing the grandbabies like how I'm supposed to. So let me go ahead and let you let me go so I can go get that done. Okay. But I'll talk to you later. Mm -hmm. Later. <laughs>